Welcome to the Service Department News Podcast, where we discuss all the latest news and developments from across the service department, apart hotel and extended stay sectors. Hello and welcome to the Service Department News Podcast. I'm Felicity Cousins, Assistant Editor at Service Department News, and today I'm talking to Bindu Bahatia, Global Head of Business Development for Roomit by CWT. Hi, Bindu. Hi, Felicity. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries at all. Um, Roomit by CWT is a is an intelligent hotel solution which helps travelers find the right room. Is that right? Uh, that is a small part of what we do. <laughs> and corporate travel programs can use Roomit to have access to data-driven technology so that they can deliver rates, amenities, reviews for accommodation across the traveler's trips. But also, I guess um, one of the main aspects of it is that it's good for reporting. Um, Could you just describe a little bit more about Roomit for our listeners? Absolutely. So Roomit by CWT was created in 2018 because the hotel category is the most fragmented spend category in travel management, and it's about the distribution of all the content. So we provide an end-to-end hotel offering, which takes into account disparate content sources that comes onto our platform. And then we also help with sourcing strategies to help our corporate um, uh, customers Uh, do sourcing strategies and optimization of what they source for. And then we display it in all our booking channels. And then adjacencies to that is virtual payment and price optimization and reshopping as well. So it's really a very holistic approach to managing hotels. Excellent. That's a really good way of summing up much better than what I I tried. (laughs) Um, So down to my first question, I was going to ask you, as we've had quite an unusual couple of years, um, what trends has Roomit seen for corporate travel booking? Um, Has there been a move towards more kind of flexible accommodation and longer stays? Um, what, What have you seen in that area? It's a it's a mixed bag, right? So as return to travel happens, um, each vertical or each industry behaves in a different way. So as far as long stays go, we have definitely seen in a couple of our verticals, the telecommunications, media and technology clients uh, using longer stay accommodations because of assignments, projects, connecting back with their customers and even relocations because now that some of the restrictions have been lifted, those are possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other ones where we've seen is life sciences customers, they're back on the road shows. So that's where the long stay has happened. And what we also have found is that the extended stay for even normal corporate bookings has um, increased from two nights uh, on average in 2019 to three nights for that transient overall corporate um, business in long stay brands. Yeah, interesting. That's interesting, isn't it? And and I guess maybe people are even inviting their families along on the end of their business trips. Um, and, and are they choosing um, different types of accommodation for, for their business trips? Have you noticed? Um, I would not say that they're using different kinds of accommodation. So a lot of it is still the same. But what we have seen is that given sustainability has become um, a key metric and Three out of four of our customers in a recent survey told us that sustainability is increasingly becoming more important. You know, it started with the COVID safety measures, and now it's just about the overall eco-friendliness. So what we have seen is that companies 
whose culture is going more towards sustainability may prefer sustainable long-term service department kind of an approach. A, it helps them with savings, but two, there are some merits um, of, of going that route. So that might be the only shift that is moving slowly, but surely in that direction. Yeah, that's really interesting. I was going to actually ask you about, um, you know, whether service departments did tick that kind of ESG box for travel bookers. Um, I guess one of the issues with with um, sustainability and hotels um, at the moment is that it's all about self-reporting, isn't it? So it's quite it's quite difficult for anyone to actually nail down the sustainable kind of progress for for each accommodation. But um, it is. So you know, it takes. Um... Let me first address what you said. It checks quite the boxes. It, it truly does because, um, you know, it deploys a less carbon intensive traditional hotel services, even if it's, you know, housekeeping and room keeping. Um, they utilize energy savings technology from dishwashers, et cetera. So there's all those components to it. Um, as far as, um, tell me the second part of your question. So it, that one was about the... Um, yeah, so I was I was interested that self um, a lot of the sustainability yes. is self-reporting. Yes. So there's a couple of ways we look at that. Given that it's become important, um, and actually now it's almost comparing to normally they would say we want savings, we want efficiency, we want traveler satisfaction, ease of access. Um, we have been investing in because that's what our customers demand, is point of sale technology so that their travelers can make informed decisions at the point of booking. So on our MyCWT web and mobile, we have put icons and even our agents have icons that help in helping those travelers make those informed choices. Right. And then even on the sourcing side of our house, we actually customize RFP questionnaires for customers that are more sustainability conscious to say, you know, do you have X, Y, Z, and we can customize the launch of the RFP as well. So yeah, in a self-service model, um, how do you educate them that they're making the right choices? So um, technology still has a lot to do, but at least by showing icons and evolving in that space, um, we definitely are um, charting the course for that because it yeah. will become table stakes very soon. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just at the top of the agenda, really, isn't it? Um, in, in, that, in that kind of same line, um, I guess how uh, my question is, how would does Roomit help with compliance um, for travel programs? Because some travellers are very naughty and they will do what they want. And I, I'd like to know how Roomit reports back on those travellers. Actually, that's my most favourite question you've asked <laughs> so far, because um, I grew up... Um, in, on the corporate side of, of CWT, we're helping customers derive the right travel policies to make it a program of choice. So there's a couple of things um, that are really, really important. So compliance has two uh, sides to the coin. One is compliance to the channel that they're booking within their corporate program uh, with an agency that uh, enterprise has chosen. Mm -hmm. And the second is, are they compliant with the properties and the rate types that they use, right? right. So is it the Ritz-Carlton or is it the Marriott by Courtyard, etc. cetera? Um, so Rumit has put this front and center of how do we create this end-to-end -end mechanism that helps them across our, our enterprise customers across all those paradigms, right? They want savings, they want safety and security, they want 
-hmm. compliance by their travelers in both cases. So the first thing that we have done is bring all the relevant content from GDS and non-GDS sources so that travelers see the choices um, that help them book within channel. Right. Uh, with that, we also have omni-channel capabilities. So it's a choice point, right? If they want to pick up the phone to our agents, they can do that. So it's ease. They can go on the online booking tool. They can go on our mobile tool and the web service. So ease of use on how do they get that content. Um, we also have machine learning algorithms now. Um, there is a common myth that just because it's in policy, they will do the right thing. We have found that if you display the relevant options based on search data of how they have previously purchased, they will make the right choices and they will stay within travel. So the display um, mechanism within those channels becomes super important that Felicity right. should see what she actually wants to see and where she wants to stay when she comes to New York. Yeah. So, and, and what within, she's familiar with. And what she's familiar with, yeah. keeping within the corporate travel policy based on the rates they want and their program, but how do you shore it up and serve it up in a better way? Um, and then the last piece is um, the enormity of content. So we source from various aggregators. We do our own negotiated rates, which are CWT business rates. And of course, we have our clients negotiated rates. So we put them in a singular display in conjunction with the travel policy, in conjunction with what the traveler would like to see. So we really are serving it up to make it easy to make the right decisions. And in sold out situations, our content augments and supplements what the corporations have already negotiated. Right. Um, and on top of that, so it's, it's not a policy to replace the content for the enterprise, but it's to supplement and augment so that their travelers see that non-GDS hotel that they know is around the corner from their office in Paris. Yeah. And if it's not in their, and it is in their program and we can book it and our agents can book it easily as well. So those are some of the ways that um, we do this uh, to, to help that uh, traveler stay in channel. Um, yeah, it and it becomes a, a program of way. choice. It seems quite a flexible way of being, you know, helping com compliance really. It's, it's, I guess it's like if you, if you let someone believe it's their idea. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, in my personal experience, nobody wakes up and say, let me see how I can go against my travel policy. It's like, what can I do easily? Does it suit my purpose? Yeah. Um, and in some cases, do I get loyalty points? Yes or mm. no. And those are informed choices that we display very uh, prominently on the display screen so they can make these intelligent and informed choices. Sure, sure. Thank you. That's really interesting. Um, you mentioned the GDS, actually, and I was going to talk about just how traditionally service departments have kind of been, I feel, left kind of alone on the GDS or not really represented. Um, Sonda recently added um, a dedicated code for the GDS for Sabre and Amadeus um, to help smooth through the booking process. What are your thoughts on that? And should other providers of service departments follow suit? Yeah. So um, another very good question and where the industry is progressing, it would certainly make for a much more integrated and simplified experience for both the corporation and the end user, the traveler. However, um, there is still merit to bringing in non-GDS content through an API because 
we have about 100,000 apartment choices that we get globally. And 90% plus of them come from Expedia and Booking.com. So right. even if you have the Oakwoods and the others do what Saunders did, that's good. But then there are many others that are not subscribing to the GDS. So what we have done is we will take what comes in the GDS and based on my original answer, we will augment and supplement um, uh, content that we have uh, also sourced to other yeah. parties. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's all about simplification and that user ease and for the corporations to get reporting. So it's all in the same place. Now, um, many of our clients have to have separate standalone relocation policies with these long-term stays. But if it was all integrated into a single display, we can service it much more efficiently. Sure. But the yeah. content is there. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it is, it is moving that way, it seems, at least. Um, in terms of business travel, I just wondered, um, I mean, it is bouncing back, I'm, I'm hoping, um, for the whole kind of set industry, but w which regions have you seen recover fastest, would you say, just from your figures on um, Roomit? So uh, North America is definitely uh, blazing the, the trail uh, at the moment, and we have uh, seen the best recovery there. Um, what we are also find today, our global transactions overall are at about 65% uh, of pre-pandemic volumes. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a huge jump from earlier in the year where it was hovering around 20 to 30 percent. Wow. Um, so the strong rebound uh, and from a verticals perspective, military government uh, is emerging really fast for us. Um, energy resource and marine vertical is emerging really fast and even life sciences. Mm -hmm. uh, professional services and financial services are were lagging and are picking up now. Mm -hmm. um, so what we are seeing is that uh, the majority um, is coming from North America. And we do have that Europe, uh, Asia Pacific has caught up as well. Europe was slightly behind North America and Asia Pacific has uh, now uh, caught up as well. So that's how it started. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. That's That sounds like quite positive um, results then so far. We are keeping our fingers crossed and we hope yeah. that any inflationary pressures around the world don't derail this and all the, of course, the socioeconomic things that are going on, but uh, There's a lot going on, yeah. steady recovery uh, as well. And actually another point that might be interesting for your uh, viewers or um, podcast subscriptions, uh, subscribers to know is that uh, we have found that face-to-face -face meetings and events have rebounded sharply uh, as well, which, you know, then flows into hotels uh, sure. as well. 65% yeah, sure. more this year versus 2021. Uh, and virtual event volumes have scaled back by a good 70%. So there is this revenge travel or the, the need and the want to go back and do face-to-face -face meetings and travels again. So that's encouraging as well as far that as... Is. Um, it is encouraging. And actually, you can see that a lot a lot over here as well. Just this events and people meeting up and just seems a lot more lively, just even in the last few months, I would say. So it's, exactly. And see how that how that's happening. Um, I just had one more question before I ask you for, for any news. Um, what do you think corporate travel bars are looking for in their hotel programs? Is it when they're when they're kind of doing their RFPs and, and looking for their the best deals, are they looking for safety, cost, environment, um, ease, I guess? access? Yeah, it's all of the above. Um, the difference is, um, is a matter of degrees. 
So when we consult with our customers, there is what we call or I call attention triangle, right? Is it savings? Is it the employee experience? Or is it compliance? And almost everybody will say all of the above. Mm -hmm. And the degrees are, where would you put your weight? You know, is it savings at 60% and the others, uh, you know, distributed equally? Um, so what we are finding is that safety and security definitely will stay and play a role given the situation in the world today. Um, with all the wars, et cetera. Um, savings will never go away mm -hmm. uh, because at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you have the right cost management and procurement strategies in place. So I think it's, it's a good mix of all of it. It's a matter of degrees. Um, efficiency matters because traveler productivity matters. So the ease of use of how they consume um, this uh, category uh, becomes super important too. But yeah. generally, I would say that um, I will just throw sustainability in there because that's become a new lever. Um, it is not only a very few customers in our experience have seen that that kind of is the top one at the moment, but it's rising to the top because we are talking more and more about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't have a definitive answer as to what they will do, but um, a good combination depending on where that uh, enterprise is in their own journey is what's sure. important. Is it savings? Is it, uh, and you know, where do they trade in the world? Safety sure. and security may be at the top of the list if they use guest houses in more developing countries or they're more female travelers, uh, it could take on a whole different complexion. But sure, it's a combination. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a moving sort of um, triangle, a bendy triangle, I guess. Right. That's where we call it the tension triangle. Yeah. Where do you want to put the pen? Absolutely. Um, thank you, Bindi. That's that's all really, really interesting. And and I guess my final question to you would be, what do you see as the biggest um, travel trend in accommodation um, for 2023. Um, how do you see any changes or developments or growth in different areas? Right. Um, I would say that there are three macro trends. Um, one that has already emerged and declared which is rising hotel prices to prepare for that. Uh, we recently did a study with GBTA uh, and did a travel forecast. Um, and we are uh, forecasting that global hotel rates are expected to rise 18.5% uh, when we exit this year wow. and an additional 8.2% lift in 2023 uh, at a global level. And then of course it takes on different shapes in different uh, regions, right? So. 11.7 and 14% in EMEA, 22% in North America, and in another 11% in, um, in 2023. And then APAC at um, 3.9 and 5.7. Um, yeah. Latin America as well, 16.7 and 13.2. But overall, 18.5 um, when we exit and another 8.5, uh, 8.2 yeah. in 2023. But that's what the study revealed. So that's one trend, uh, and it's not a trend. Uh, we are sourcing for corporate hotel programs for next year. Um, and our advice uh, to our corporates is to, to manage this um, fast. With, with uh, that in mind. With that in mind yeah. uh, of how do you want to have you know, static rates um, and, and how do you hedge your bets 
And again, the strategy is different by customer depending on what their sure. uh, ultimate goals are. The second one that is really interesting and emerging is um, the concept of um, WFH, and that is not work from home, but work from hotels. So uh, the hotels are um, basically um, jumping at the opportunity to become part of this hybrid working culture mm -hmm. that if you don't want, you know, some people don't have space at home and in COVID they had to because there was no choice, but could they come and work in a common space at a hotel that is near? Mm -hmm. It also allows people to move and maybe live um, in more affluent places and they can hotel. So it's like a hot desk at a hotel of sorts. So that's one that is uh, sure. uh, Hilton yeah. and Marriott are good examples of that. Yeah, uh, I was talking to someone about um, the right, you know, like, is the digital nomad here to stay? And I think they are. Because they are. This, this whole kind of co-living, co-working trend going on. Um, and hotels seem to be adapting to that quite well, actually. And for, you know, and for um, jobs that don't require you to come into the office every day, like our call center employees, um, uh, you know, some of them have to because that's where their training happens. Even they have been equipped with at home, but yeah. other jobs, right? Instead of, so companies can also um, manage their footprint this way if they can have a much more variable spend workspace. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is the ever present question of leisure, how much, um, how is it gonna happen? Um, the, the dilemma, the trend uh, for the corporations is if we allow it, what is the policy and how do we, um, are we liable for duty of care if the accidents that happen? Sure. Um, young employees, on the other hand, want to travel uh, and stay longer and not even young employees. Uh, I would love to do that when you go to a place you've never been. So it's going to be uh, another one of those points to say, how do you balance policy with what the employees might want and, and what is the risk uh, factor in it yeah, that's really uh, from interesting. a corporation's perspective? So yeah. those three come to mind. Um, you know, the supply demand uh, tension will continue. Each year brings its own um, flavor of that. Um, but I think those would be the three that I would think um, will, will emerge in some way or another in 2023. Brilliant. No, excellent, excellent points. And, um, and a lot of food for thought there, Bindu. Um, thank you so much for your insights and knowledge on, on all things to do root with Rumit and, and obviously global accommodation. <laughs> um, it's been really, really interesting talking to you. Thanks Likewise. So Cheers. And thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Service Department News Podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with all the latest industry news, head over to servicedepartmentnews.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter. Service Department News is part of the International Hospitality Media Portfolio.